the SLE Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at slepodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. And now, a beauty production presents the most awesome podcast to ever embrace a pair of headphones, Sarasso and the Beard. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Sarasso and Jose the Talking Beard Rivera. And welcome to Sarasso and the Beard, podcast episode number 56. I am the Talking Beard, Jose Rivera. And I'm Nick Sarasso. And Nick, welcome to season three of the podcast. I mean, we never thought we'd get this far. It is also our first episode of 2020. A little bit of a longer hiatus than we had anticipated, but stuff happens. Life gets in the way. But nonetheless, we are back, and I'm pretty sure everybody is at ease now, knowing that we are at least back in the running for possibly future podcasts. Yeah, uh, 2020 not off to a great start, I would say, in different ways. I know we didn't do a lot for the NFL season. Blake Bortles didn't start a single game, so that was that was painful. But, uh, you know, we've got some high hopes going into Season 3. Yeah, I mean, coincidence, 2020 off to a rotten start. We hadn't done a podcast yet. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to pit it all on us, Nick. There's no pressure. But, uh, I mean, it's not exactly the biggest. I mean, that might be a big coincidence right there uh, going forward. So hopefully we can keep it rolling, although – based on the theme of today's podcast, which we'll get to in a minute. It's going to be kind of hard to do that when there's nothing going on about that. Um, but let's just dive right into it. I mean, if you haven't been uh, watching the news or really paying attention, if you've been living under a rock, then you clearly don't know what's been going on. Um, but there's a little thing called the coronavirus going around. And no, this is not a WebMD podcast. We're not going to pretend that we're doctors or anything. We're strictly going to stick to the sports aspect of it when it comes to the coronavirus. But Nick, over the past, what seems like, less than 24 hours 48 hours uh the coronavirus has taken a huge toll on the sports world i've never quite seen a day in my life i mean i'm 26 years old you're a little bit older than me so we don't have too much experience on this earth but i don't think there was quite a day where the sports world stood still like it did yesterday um after the result of the Utah Jazz game. Uh, for those of you who don't know, again, if you've been living under a rock, uh, Rudy Gobert, star player for the Utah Jazz, tested positive for the coronavirus, which prompted the NBA to not only postpone the game between them and Oklahoma City Thunder last night, but to then go ahead and suspend the season and putting the NBA in a hiatus. Uh, that would eventually lead to a domino effect on everybody else, basically, a bunch of other sports leagues. But Nick, Let's just start with yesterday. Take me through the past 24 hours. What was your reaction to that whole scenario? Well, I was actually watching uh, the Dallas Mavericks game and hearing a lot about the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder that was going to be underway, not going to be underway. And all of a sudden, it just goes out that, you know, after tonight, there is no more NBA for a foreseeable future. Uh, that had like really no timetable. We'll we'll see if it happens in like two or weeks or four weeks from now. But it was, I think, a phenomenal job by the announcing crew of the Dallas Mavericks game and Denver Nuggets. Just throughout it, bringing it through, uh, constantly bringing updates, understanding how big this was, and it was a surreal moment in, in itself because you're watching basically the season is coming towards a, a real question mark 
to what could be the final game for a very long time. And we're just constantly seeing updates of this. Like all of a sudden, then the Kings Pelicans game, which we were really questioning about, is that actually going to take place because of how late it is at night? And then that one gets canceled because of a referee that wound up calling one of the Utah Jazz games, uh, I think last week or earlier in the week. Uh, Like an hour before the game, Tom Hanks has the virus as well. So this was, I think, one of those moments where it's like it finally hit because I, I think more of the U.S. in the sense of, okay, now it's affecting people of celebrities. Now it's affecting NBA players. Now it's affecting professional sports because before then, the closest thing we had to that was, okay, there's going to be no more fans. The Golden State Warriors are not doing any fans at their stadium. The uh, NCAA is just limiting it down to 125 tickets per team for the tournaments and now all of a sudden we have the first lead that decides we're done at this moment until further notice yeah i mean i also was keeping a close eye on the scenario as well too i actually have rudy gobert on my fantasy team or or had him on my fantasy team my fantasy league is now disbanded and refunded everybody their money basically since there is going to be no season um or you know we don't know when it's going to pick up back up again you know i get the notification rudy gobert is out illness didn't really think anything of it you know oh he's sick it happens you know there is a little bit you know of, of you know the there's a thought in my head like oh man now is not a good time to be sick you know you just never know these days and then things started unraveling. You know, I started, I was at work, so I was getting these notifications on my phone. You know, delay to Jazz Thunder game, no one knows why, right? And then it gets postponed. Teams held in the locker room. And then you get all these up- updates about the coronavirus saying how these teams are in quarantine. And honestly, it was just absolute madness. I mean, again, I mean, I said it before and I'll say it again. I've never seen the craziness of the sports world that took place yesterday or even within the last 24 hours. I mean, we're talking about, you know, like you said, they were going to start off with playing with no fans. And I honestly, I think that was the right move. Right. I mean, cause no one really knows um, too much about this virus. It feels like we hear about it all the time, but there's still just so many questions that come along with it. Uh, so I think the right move was, okay, well first let's get the fans out of here. Right. Because we can't have 40,000 people jam packed elbow to elbow sitting next to each other in close quarters. But then you know, an athlete getting it. And it's kind of a shame that we don't take things seriously until a celebrity gets it or a pro athlete. But Nick, a pro athlete getting this virus really kind of sparked a seriousness in my mind. And I feel bad for saying that, but think about it. You know, someone on ESPN pointed this out yesterday. I don't remember the analyst's name, unfortunately, but they pointed it out. Pro athletes have their own specific doctors. They don't fly with the, with the rest of us. You know, they fly uh, private in their private jets in the team jet and team buses. If the virus can penetrate, you know, something as close as this, where these guys travel together and they're not really being exposed to the world. Like us, we are on subways and buses and, and cabs and taxis and all that kind of stuff that kind of raises a giant red flag. And I think it's just a wild concept to think of, man, even teams that are kind of already in a bubble, are being exposed to this kind of stuff. It's just been a wild, it's been, it's been a wild 24 hours in the sports world um, generally, but Nick, you know, talking a little bit more about the NBA, like we said, the original plan, what it sounded like the plan was going to be was to play the game without the fans. 
Um, and then things changed because Rudy Gobert basically was, you know, tested positive for the virus. So, Nick, do you think the NBA handled things the right way with step one being, OK, let's get rid of the fans for now. And then once Gobert tested positive, they quickly pivoted in, an, in the other direction. Yeah, I think this was the right play. Essentially, we didn't see any any sports league have a different change of path to it. Uh, I mean, to be fair, no other league had to had to pivot like like in the way the NBA did. Correct. Uh, they're the first one where you hear like you know someone in their sport, other than I think MLS or um, one of the European soccer leagues. But at that point, most of it, uh, like Italy's soccer leagues and all sports have all shut down in Italy. So like that's a side point on on different comparisons. But uh, so the NBA is the first one where it's like you know a virus comes out on one of the professional athletes. But as far as everyone was fitting the same bill, showing the same tune, you know, limiting sports. Uh, the NCAA was first to do that because of their tournaments. They were going out and saying that they're cutting it down. No bands, no cheerleaders, only top personnel and, and a few family members of players. Uh, and the NHL was in the same boat, although they don't carry that much of a um, fan base compared to an NBA. And the MLB's just in spring training right now, so not enough people are viewing those games with spring training. But a great part on the NBA, you know, everyone kept in the locker rooms. People told to get away. Everyone's out immediately of that stadium, uh, quickly ending, you know, not even taking a risk on this part. Just suspend the season for now. We'll look back at it in a little bit of time, but right now we have we have too much to worry about. And that is ultimately the right move because not only does this affect the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder, it affects any team the Jazz has played recently, like the Boston Celtics, and so or referees that have called some of these games. So this this has way more of an impact than just one team or two teams or one or two players. And the NBA strived at it in the correct method. And I think all sports have at this point by just shutting down uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think, you know, this, and to me, this is why, why Adam Silver is probably one of the most top notch commissioners in the game. I know the bar is set low because of Roger Goodell and Rob Manfred, but Adam Silver really does a good job. I think of understanding his league, you know, they had a clear direction, but you know, something derails that plan. They're not dwelling on it. They're quick to pivot the other way. I think Mark Cuban deserves a lot of credit. Um, this is somebody that clearly spoke from the heart last night. And also, you know, I love that Mark Cuban also, uh, you know, mentioned, hey, we also got to find a way to take care of these people who are working in the arena, right? Because think about it. NBA season suspended. There's no ushers. Those concession stand workers aren't giving anybody food because there's no games going on. Um, and who knows? I mean, it's not just games at that point, right? Any concerts that are held in that arena, pretty much depending on the state, a lot of governors and mayors have already mandated that events with 250 people, uh, 250 plus people or 500 plus people, depending on where you look at it, is banned. So a lot of events are being canceled, whether it's concerts, sporting events, you know, Broadway plays here in New York City, which is kind of unheard of. Um, you know, a lot of these things are being taken out, which means a lot of people are not going to be working, which, you know, again, not to get political, but sometimes you don't work. That means you don't get paid. If you don't get paid, that means you don't pay rent. You don't put food on the table. So I think Mark Cuban deserves a ton of credit um, for acknowledging 
that, hey, we need to take care of these people. And then you have athletes stepping up like Kevin Love agreeing to give $100,000 to help out people who work in the stadium and to work for the team. And I just love seeing that as well, too. Uh, but going back to Adam Silver and the NBA, you know, unfortunately for them, you know, they were kind of the guinea pig, right? I feel like everybody was kind of waiting to see, well, what do we do, right? The NCAA was the first one, in my, I think, in, you know, to my knowledge, to act saying, well, okay, we're just not going to have fans here. And then I think the NBA were going to follow suit, and the MLB probably would have followed suit too. But now that this happens, NBA has to turn around and be like, nope, sorry, season's over for now. And now I think that allowed everybody else to be like, okay, we're going to do what they do. So unfortunately for the NBA, they were under the microscope. Um, I thought it was handled well. It was a little bit of chaos and a little bit of tension only because we don't know what's going on, right? We don't know how many players have been infected. Like you said, this affects not just the Utah Jazz, but, you know, NBA security, NBA ball boys at the stadium who are passing them the ball, you know, during warmups and stuff. But also, you know, the, the Jazz played six different teams within the last 10 days, including the Celtics twice, including the Raptors. And on top of that, you know, I feel like the NBA doesn't get a lot of credit for being a contact sport. But literally half of your job in the NBA is to be posted on top of another person. You know, sweat flying everywhere, fluids being, you know, touched upon each other. You know, it's it's a very close quarters game when you're guarding somebody, right? If you're guarding them, playing defense, you're on top of them, especially if you're an NBA center. I mean, these guys are moving each other out the way to try and grab the ball for a rebound. So there are a lot of players who probably came in contact with Gobert, not just by touching the ball, but by touching him. Um and it's scary to think that this has a larger issue. And I think the most concerning thing to me is that there are a lot of dominoes to fall within this. Uh, you saw Donovan Mitchell ended up testing positive. Now his dad is taking a test. And for those of you who don't know, Donovan Mitchell's dad works for the New York Mets in the front office. So see, the trickle-down effect is just really scary, right? Because not only is Donovan Mitchell's dad going to have to get tested, because if he is positive, then maybe some people who work with him in the front office for the Mets is going to have to go get tested. You know, the reporters who interviewed Rudy Gobert, they're probably going to have to go get tested. You know, people who, you know, let's, let's say if, you know, if uh, Serge Ibaka, I don't, and again, I don't want to assume things here, but, you know, if Serge Ibaka goes and gets tested, maybe people who were close to Serge Ibaka after he played the Jazz feel like they have to go get tested. It's just a huge ripple effect on everything, and it's really concerning, um, that part of it. But I think the NBA did the best they could. I don't think you could really ask for much more than what the NBA did, and I think they deserve a ton of credit. Um, so like we said, the NBA suspended the season. Uh, we don't know what's going on. Some more updates are going on today. Adam Silver did say they're at least, you know, hoping to after. 30 days they can resume the season of course you know that's being hopeful we don't know what's going on again it seems like this virus um is a big issue and there's not a lot of control on it right now uh so we really don't know when things are going to resume uh but for the nba 30 they're saying at least 30 days so nick from an nba standpoint what would be your game plan if you're adam silver i mean let's say the 30 days pass and they're good to go do we continue the regular season or do we just pick up from the playoffs at that point well the NBA has, you know, a, a distinct advantage in the sense that, you know, it's all covered in a roof. And there's not really much of an issue if the season starts or up and you just continue on with the regular season, which is the right move at the end of the day. There are still a few teams fighting for the playoffs. Not everyone has clinched a spot. Uh, so I think the right play is 
if you're Adam Silver and you're the NBA owners and you're really looking at this, first off, you're not making out a, making a decision. You're really looking at this for the medicals part, the safety of the players, safety of fans, safety of team, uh, as you said, doctors as well. And you're, you're putting all the doctor decisions and the medical part to this. So you, if basically you're looking at it as you're not really going to have to make much of a challenging decision. If you're cleared to play by medical squads and by doctors and who you can go to because you're the NBA, so you can ask and get info from the top people, that's how you make it. As far as continuing the season, I think it was like the Atlanta Hawks owner brought up the idea uh, a few weeks ago about starting the season instead of October, but in December. That way you don't have to battle uh, more of the NFL season and finishing the NBA season closer to like uh, July or August. I think that was the idea he was talking about. So you get more time around sports and more focus on just solely the NBA. So, you know, already one owner can consider that as a possibility. Uh, for the NBA, you know, they're they're indoors. They're able to do this. This isn't like the baseball season. I think if if you're talking about it on a baseball perspective, they've canceled spring training right now. Whenever baseball starts up, I think that's it, and that's where they'll go. That's game one. You get to September, the end of September, or and start the postseason because you can't start trying to play games in New York in December and hope that like you know the weather permits you half these games or in Colorado. That's never going to happen. But in the NBA, you can easily do that. Yeah, it's going to be certainly interesting to see what they do. I mean, and again, give credit to the to Adam Silver here. I mean, we're not dumb, right? Money plays a giant factor in this, and that's probably why they were willing to continue the season, even without the fans, because even without the fans giving in revenue for tickets, the NBA is still earning money somehow through broadcasting deals. So to make the decision to put this on hiatus, I think, you know, gives them a lot of credit, uh, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like what you said. You know, they, they kind of have that opportunity because, you know, it is climate control. They could continue the season. And I think there are a lot of teams that, you know, we're still fighting for the last spot. I mean, yeah, and I think, you know, just starting the playoffs after a 30 day hiatus, uh, that could be, you know, it could, that could be hard to watch. There might be some rust there for a couple of players. So I think if you continue the season after the 30 day hiatus, and again, we're not saying it's coming back in 30 days. They just threw that number out there. So if it did come back in 30 days, I think you at least provide the players for a chance, a chance to shake off some of the rust and, you know, get back to playing like themselves. Because, you know, a team like the Lakers, who had all the momentum in the world this past week, right? What, who would they beat? The Clippers? The Bucks? Um, I'm missing somebody here. They uh, Drawing a blank on their team. Uh, they beat, you know, but they beat three top teams over the past week. Can you imagine a team like that, you know, starting the playoffs in 30 days, ice cold, and then getting out in the first round? Not likely, but would that be extremely disappointing if it happened? For sure. Um, so I think, you know, again, like you said, it being in a stadium is certainly helpful um, in case they want to continue playing right where they left off and they don't have to deal with certain climate temperatures like, let's say, a baseball does or, you know, I guess really just baseball because, you know, football plays in any kind of weather too as well. So at least they have that in their back pocket um, for good use. Uh Last question about the NBA here, Nick, um, that I was going to ask is that, you know, 
I don't like saying this because it kind of sounds selfish, right? From a fan point of view, we were really witnessing a good season. Uh, LeBron James was having a fantastic year in his 17th year of basketball. Zion's debut um, was memorable. John Morant, in my opinion, the rookie of the year, was having a fantastic season. Vince Carter, not knowing if he played his last game last night of his career. Um, If this is it, what do you think is the most disappointing ending uh, that we would be robbed of if there was no NBA season for, let's say, the rest of the year? The Lakers not winning a championship? (laughs) Um, No, the NBA is on a high point. And it it is a two-dog race between the NFL and the NBA as the two most popular sports. And when you have what has been a phenomenal season by LeBron James, by uh, Giannis, the all-star game being a whole different rebuild and it completely working. Like, that was the best All-Star game I've seen ever by the NBA. Uh, the dunk contest was phenomenal, even if Gordon loses again. Uh, so there's just so many high points to this NBA season. There have been, you know, the tough ones, of course, with, obviously, Kobe Bryant. Uh, but overall, I think for the NBA, the biggest hit is, you know, popularity. This is its time to shine because it's heading towards the postseason. It is the top sport at this moment, and this is its months. We don't look at the NBA for the first couple months. We're still focused on the NFL. But right about this time, we we start into February. We get past that all-star game, and that's it. It's all NBA. That's what matters. That's the number one sport. You have a two uh, two team uh, players that are fighting for the MVP. You have LeBron James and the Clippers. Finally, a real uh, competitiveness between these two LA markets. You have the Knicks that still suck, but y- you have everything going right as far as the NBA should be concerned. And of course, this is its biggest hit to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly agree. I mean, again, I feel like it's a selfish question to ask, but we got to ask it, right? I mean. I think, like you said, I mean, uh, obviously it had his low points. Kobe Bryant's, you know, passing was terrible. But this might have been one of the best NBA seasons I think I've seen in a long time, right? There was actually parity in the league. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, the Golden State Warriors super team kind of got dismantled. I think it's a little upsetting not watching the Warriors at fully healthy here and see how they stack up in the rest of the league. Um, but I think that's going to make next year even more exciting, too. Uh you know, when it's all said and done, I think this was a great year for the NBA, and it still could be. Um, so hopefully, you know, this gets under control and they can pick up right where they left off. And I think, you know, even if it's being played in June or July or August, I think it's we're still on track for an exciting playoffs. Um, you know, granted that these guys get a little bit of time to practice and actually play so they can shake off some rust because 30 days is a long time, even for pro athletes. So, you know, I want to see them get back onto the court as fast as possible, just like anybody else. Uh, but, you know... We can't really control this thing uh, right now uh, with this pandemic going on. We just got to hope everybody's okay. You know, obviously our thoughts go out to, you know, guys like Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and pretty much anybody affected by this uh, because, you know, I know a lot of people like to downplay the issue. There's a lot of memes out there on the internet, and I like to chuckle at them as much as the next person does. I think a little bit of laughter can help your sanity in serious times like this. Uh, but we also need to remember that there is some tone of seriousness that goes along with this kind of stuff, right? Yeah, this Otherwise, is... If, if I can jump in on that part, you know, one of the things that 
you have to take away from this, especially on the Rudy Gobert side, is not like an, oh, car no. This is, remember how important the situation is. And always, it's not always, yes, it's important to wash your hands. It's always important to stay clean and obviously do this 20-second and more thing. But it's a part about being smart and knowing the situation you're in. And it's like, yeah, this seems like a good time to make sure I can clean my hands or use hand sanitizer. And just not doing anything foolish is really the key part to this entire thing. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said that any any better uh, myself. Uh, moving on now from the NBA, though. Now, the NBA is not the only one affected, as we said. Uh, NCAA had originally uh, proposed the idea, or they were going to move forward with the idea to play the March Madness tournament without any fans in the building. March Madness now is officially canceled, men's and women's. Uh, so, sadly, some teams that you know rarely get to go dancing are not going to be able to join the tournament this year. For example, a team like Rutgers. Uh, comes to mind. We're probably going to make it in. Very disappointed that they probably won't be able to get a chance now. Uh, when it's all said and done, safety comes first. The NHL has suspended their season. Again, similar to the NBA, a lot of these NHL teams share the same stadiums as the NBA team. So that's a no-brainer in my opinion. Uh, a couple of soccer leagues have suspended play. The NFL hasn't really addressed anything yet. They did cancel some meetings coming up. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how long this lasts and how it affects the National Football League later on. There is another football league, Nick. The XFL made their debut in 2020. Um, and even though I wasn't the biggest fan of the XFL yet, uh, I will say, you know, they also were going to play with no fans. Now they canceled their season, which I kind of feel bad for a lot of these players who were using the XFL kind of as a redemption tour. You know, their comeback stories kind of get cut short. And also Major League Baseball, who they were floating the idea of relocating some teams I saw this coming a mile away. If all 30 cities place some kind of ban on these events, there's no way you can relocate all 30 teams. So Major League Baseball has agreed to cancel the rest of spring training and at least delay opening day by at least two weeks. Now, again, Nick, the two weeks thing is has to be flexible, but I think it's very bold for MLB to put out a timeline out there saying, well, we're going to give it at least two weeks. Um, do you think the MLB would go ahead and play – with no fans at least to start off the year after the two-week period that, they, that they've that they given? Yes. Uh, and this one sounds weird, but yes. And here's why. Essentially, this is not going to be something that is so far-fetched. Because when you think of it, take the MLB, for example, and don't put any teams in their cities. Now, now the Mets and Yankees aren't coming home from New York. They're going to go stay in Tampa, and they're going to stay in Port St. Lucie. Uh, most teams are going to stay in Arizona. Most teams are going to stay in Florida. They already have team base. They've already been around that entire environment. And it's possible that if you just, you know, eliminate a lot of the minor league groups from it, you can, you can try and make this work. You weren't already going to get – Seattle was never playing a game in month of March and most likely in most of April. So Seattle was already off the books, not having a single home game. And the talk was already with Seattle of they're going to play road games as the home team. So I think MLB is going to consider this. They have the best chance to really put this as a possibility because essentially with the NBA actually having a few players with the coronavirus, they're on a whole different medical side. But the MLB has other facilities 
has teams that are all technically around each other, and all you got to do is eliminate a few minor leaguers, cut down the situation to a smaller group, and you can get some games going on live TV and be the only sport around, and it is a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but... Um... You know, it just really is unfortunate. You know, especially you and I, we're big baseball fans. It is our favorite time of the year, especially with March Madness wrapping up. You know, it really is the most exciting time of the year in sports in general, right? NBA season's wrapping up. You got the playoffs going on, March Madness. And then on top of that, you know, baseball season is starting. So I think what I want to also touch upon, similar to the NBA, is what would be your plan if you were the commissioner of baseball? Um, You know, are you looking to push the season back or are we just picking up are we just eliminating some games because if i was rob manfred right now i wouldn't i know a lot of people are talking about like what so is the world series going to be played in november or december i would leave everything as is and just agree and say hey let's play 140 instead of 162 however long this takes uh let's agree on a set number of games and let's just eliminate these games as opposed to trying to make them up and push back the season yeah i'm starting wherever Wherever kick, wherever the beginning of the season starts, whether it's you know opening yeah, day first, yeah. or or it becomes in May or it starts in June, that's day one, and then we go as far as we can to the end of the regular season. Uh, we forget whatever type of schedule we have to do, um, and I think MLB is going to try and consider this uh, to the best of their ability, and I think you're going to see them try and create a different schedule and try and make it, let's see, you know, how do we make a schedule of 100 games work? How do we make a schedule of 130 games work? Uh, so I think they're going, if, if I'm the MLB right now, I'm creating more schedules. And I'm trying to get a lot of division games, obviously, between them. But I'm also planning this on the possibility that I have no fans, my teams are not traveling, and they're all staying in the spring training facilities for the time being. And the only reason I'm ever considering starting the season is if these areas are not in huge impact or or no one's come out with the coronavirus in those areas and it doesn't become a risk to any players or facility members or uh, video recorders for those groups. Uh, so that's what I would be looking at right now if I'm the MLB. Yeah, and again, it becomes a little bit harder because – like we said before, the MLB doesn't have that security blanket, right? They're dealing with outside climate. They're outdoors. It's an outdoor sport. So it's not like we can just keep pushing this back and wind up in November. I don't think anybody wants to play in the, in the snow, you know, during a World Series. We've did that in the past. And, they, you know, they, that's how games get canceled. Um, to me, it's a no-brainer. I think you start it when you start it. If it's 140, if it's 130, if it's 120, if it's 100, um, I do worry about the idea of flying from city to city, so I don't know how they would make that work. Um, I do like your idea to an extent about staying at the spring training complexes, but again, again, that gets hairy for the minor leaguers. Um, You know, Jeff Passan from the ESPN just reported that a lot of these minor leaguers haven't been paid since the last, you know, since the end of last season because minor leaguers, you know, people don't get paid for spring training. So, you know, what do these minor leaguers do? You know, their season is delayed too. Where do they play? Because, you know, for example, the Mets are playing in the same complex that the St. Lucie Mets play at. You know, so there's a lot of moving parts there, too. The Astros and the Nationals share a complex. Is it going to be possible to do home and away games between them two? I don't know. So there's just there's a lot of moving pieces when it comes to keeping them in their spring training complexes. But, you know, depending on how this virus plays out, 
can they really fly anywhere else? I mean, there's just so many questions here that I feel like it's a little easier for the NBA to kind of resolve this issue as opposed to is for the MLB because you got to add the traveling aspect plus um, the fact that it's being played outdoors um, and you got to deal with the climate. I'm not saying that the virus is going to spread airborne if they're out on the field. But again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about that. But I think the fact that they're they're racing against climate could be an even bigger challenge for Major League Baseball than, let's say, the NBA, who, like we said, or the NHL, is clearly playing indoors. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, where it goes from there. So in non-virus you know, uh, virus talk, let's move to actual some sports news uh, in this podcast. The NFL free agency period uh, is about to begin soon. The NFL draft is coming up. Again, not sure how this will all impact that. If it does impact that at all with the virus going on and everything, uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that scenario. Uh, but for the NFL, Nick, a lot of quarterbacks all of a sudden on the market, whether it's through free agency, whether it's through trade, whether it's through the draft, and what was once looked like a light quarterback draft class, now all of a sudden all these other names are coming out in the second round, the third round, the fourth round. Clearly you got your Joe Burrows, who's probably going number one. You have Tua, who's probably going to go somewhere in the top ten. Where does Justin Herbert go? He probably goes somewhere in the top ten. But to complicate things even further, <laughs> you have quarterbacks that are on the trade block, such as Jameis Winston, most likely. Cam Newton has been rumored to be available. Mitchell Trubisky, if the Bears decide to move on. Nick Foles, because the Jaguars clearly prefer Gardner Minshew over Nick Foles and Blake Bortles, by the way. Well, they should have uh, never got rid of Blake Bortles from the start. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you have a hard time finding somebody to agree with you on that. Besides the guy, Jason Mendoza, from that show, It's a Good Place. He loved Blake Bortles. Not sure if you've seen the show. If anybody else hasn't seen the show, recommend you go watch it. All on Netflix, all on Hulu. Great watch. Um, but he was Bortles' biggest fan. And honestly, every time I watched that show, I thought of you, Nick, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, and then on top of all that, you have the, QB that are, the QBs that are free agents, the Phillip Rivers. Uh you know, guys like Dak Prescott, who's having contract issues in Dallas. And, of course, the big fish on the market, Nick, Tom Brady, who may or may not go back to New England all of a sudden. So let's start there first. Let's start with Tom Brady and the Patriots. A lot of rumors that the Patriots are willing to move on. A lot of rumors that Brady's not willing to take a pay cut. What do you make of these rumors? And what question one, do you see Brady going back to the Patriots? Is this a foregone conclusion? Or do you really think that we may see a split between the two? I think you're going to see Brady leave. As much as I I can't believe I'm saying those words. Uh, ultimately, I think Tom Brady feels that he wants to try and do it on his own. He doesn't want the it's Bill Belichick and him narrative. And he believes he can. And I certainly should easily believe that he can. He's the greatest player of all time. Uh, and the only way I could see him coming back to New England is if he gets things he wants. And I think he wants a great offensive line. I think he wants weapons to throw to because he hasn't had that. And Bill Belichick is refusing to give him that. I, I think this is a year where, where Brady wants to prove himself. And I think Brady wants to prove himself more towards the playoffs doing it on his own, more towards the regular season doing it on his own, and he wants the weapons around him, and he wants the offensive line to protect him. And if the Patriots can't give him the weapons, he's going to leave without that. 
It certainly is an interesting scenario, right? This is like one of the splits I never thought I would see if it does happen. I also think he's going to lead the Patriots, by the way. Um, Colin Cowherd from Fox Sports made a good point, right? Michael Jordan didn't play his entire career with the Bulls. At one point, he went to go play for the Wizards, right? You know, you have your Derek Jeters, you have your Kobe Bryants, but there are some fantastic players that don't spend their entire career with one franchise. And I like Tom Brady. Me and you both agree he's probably the best quarterback of all time, if not one of the top goats ever to play sports in general. Um, but at the same time, I kind of like this challenge if he does go out and try and set a challenge for himself. Like, hey, I can win somewhere else. Because forever, Nick, forever we will talk about the link between Belichick and Brady. Well, Brady can't win without Belichick. No, nope, Belichick can't win without Brady. Well, I think both people can. I, you know, I don't think it's something that needs to be proven. I think if you put Brady on another team with the right pieces – I think he can go win a championship, just like I'm pretty sure Belichick is going to be just fine without Brady. They may not be great in year one, depending on who the QB is. But I think, you know, in a couple of years, you'll see the Patriots just fine, still winning the AFC East, no problem. However, the only problem I have here with the whole Brady scenario is that, yes, he is going to want some demands, right? And they're, they're perfectly understandable, by the way. He wants a good offensive line. Tom Brady's, what, 43 years old? I would want a good offensive line, too, protecting me. I don't think that's an outlandish to ask. He wants a good run game. Again, understandable. Tom Brady's not going to be throwing the football 40 times in a game anymore. It's good to have that good run attack. But the problem I see here, though, is that Tom Brady is still, want to, is, he's still going to want to get paid. And, Nick, for a quarterback who's at 43 years old, and you know I love Tom Brady, I don't know if I would, if I would want to be the team that goes and gives him three years, 40-something mil, three years, 60-something million dollars. I think a team will do it, and I think a team should do it. I think there are certain teams that need him more than others. But would you, if you were, like, it's one of those things where it's like, I think somebody should sign Brady, but I won't be the team to do it. Do you think a team, if you were a team's owner, or if you were a team's GM, and Tom Brady is available, and you have the pieces that he wants, are you giving him three years and 40 excess? If I have the pieces and I can afford that, I don't know if I'm doing three years, but I'm certainly doing at least one or two. I'm making the offer because if you're telling me I'm one piece away and this is my one piece, I'm away from winning a championship, then it's worth it. But if that's not enough to get the job done, and I, in most cases the goat should be enough to get the job done, then it's not. At the end of the day, like, I don't think, like, the Oakland Raiders are offering him money. And the reason why is because they're moving to a new stadium. They need people in that stadium. You get Tom Brady, you'll get people. It's as simple as that on that. So that's a smart move, even if you don't have enough to get there and you're putting yourself in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that's the right move for Brady, but I think that's the right signing move by the Raiders because there's just that outside revenue that season ticket holders that you need to bring in and you can do so with Tom Brady but you know I think the Chargers should easily be considering this I think Dallas should easily be considering this and those are really the two top teams on this scenario uh, Chicago is another one that I think should be looking at Tom Brady as that piece. And all these, all three of these teams have the money to sign him, have the pieces around him that are good enough, and can even add more pieces if necessary 
in that situation. And it's all the right place. In all three cities, it's the right move because you can get a great ticket revenue. You get fans that are going to support you. You get a primetime player. And you, you get it to all of a sudden you went from, you know, possible contender to, well, now you're a Super Bowl favorite. Yeah, I mean, honestly, again, it, it's one of those things where it's like, it, I mean, I would do it, but I just can't justify giving him the giant contract, right? I can't, like, everything is telling me no. The age, you know, the, the point where he's at in his career, you know, what if he keeps getting hurt? Or what if he all of a sudden finds the injury bug? Like, I just don't know if I'd be gutsy enough to take that risk if I was a team. Now, do I think teams should? Yeah, definitely. If my division rival did it, I'd be like, oh, damn, you know, I should have done that instead. But there's just that part of me that, you know, that conservative GM where I'm just like, I don't know if I should take this chance when there's younger talent in the draft. There is other QBs that you could win with, I believe, still out there on the open market besides Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady is the GOAT. But if you have all the pieces that Tom Brady wants, it means that you're a good team. If you could bring in another QB, you can't tell me that you can't find another quarterback to at least help you win. I'm not saying that Tom Brady is not as good as the other guys, but I feel like there are guys out there you can sign to a better price tag at a lower risk if you are a certain team. So, See, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to take now what's signed Tom Brady fully. We are talking okay. only two or three years of Tom Brady. We're not talking 10 years. I think we're, we're thinking... Yes, he's 42, 43 years old. The contract will end at 46. It's a large amount of money. But if you get, uh, what, one good year out of this? Two good years out of this? Let's just take the easy one. Three years, you get one good year just this year. Is it worth it? Nine times out of ten, hell yeah. Well, if my math is correct, three seasons, 16 games, that's 48 games. If he only plays half of those games, because all of a sudden now his age is catching up to him. I mean, I'm not saying that he's injury prone, because he's really not, honestly. I think he keeps his body in tremendous shape. But father time doesn't really wait for anybody. And we've seen that happen to other superstars. I mean, look at Brett Favre. Brett Favre looked phenomenal when he was in Minnesota. And then he gets looks like he gets hit by a truck. I mean, you know, the, the comparisons are there. And for Tom Brady, uh, I just don't know. You know, like, there, there's, you know, if we're talking about five years ago... Hell yeah, I'll sign Tom Brady. But the fact that he's 43 years old, again, I'm not disagreeing with you. Nine times out of ten, you do it. But I think I'm at the point where I'm on that one time where I'm just like, I might pass for now because I can know I can win with someone else. I mean, Jameis Winston just got eye surgery. That league better watch out. <laughs> he went from being a blind bat to a watch. He's going to have supersonic vision at this point. So with that being said, Nick, Give me your prediction of who lands Tom Brady. I would love to say Dallas, just because I really want it to be Dallas. Um, but I'm going to say the Chicago Bears. Uh, you know, when you look at it uh, in the division, the Chicago Bears have the be uh, like the best defense with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you look at the division overall, and Green Bay is still really. It's just Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day. He doesn't have much weapons around him. On top of that, the Vikings have Kirk Cousins. Matthew Stafford's pretty banged up uh, these last couple of years. The Lions seem to be going nowhere. It's not the easiest of divisions, and you're not going to get really overall that many easy divisions, but 
Chicago is a good fit for him. They have a lot of great offensive pieces around him that could work perfectly. Uh, the other option is really Dallas. Uh, I think if you ultimately decide not to sign Dak Prescott, use that money to sign Tom Brady, you still have that same flexibility, uh, especially depending on what the CBA new rules will be come salary caps. And you're put in a division where your only issue is Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz struggles to stay healthy every single season, or the one season where he actually stays healthy. The Eagles, in general, struggle to stay healthy, and they have a bunch of like, you know, XFL players practically playing for offense with Carson Wentz. So I think those are really your two best moves if you're Tom Brady or you're not considering the New England Patriots anymore. See... I think you were right the first time. I actually think it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys. But I will tell you, I didn't always think this, right? I didn't think the Cowboys were really a player for Brady because they have Dak Prescott. But because of recent events, Nick, I feel like we are leaning towards a trend where we're not leaning towards a trend, but we're leaning towards a point of view where it's going to be the Cowboys. I mean, think about it. Great run game in Ezekiel Elliott. One of the best offensive lines in football. They just got Mike McCarthy, who is a really good coach. And, Let's let's forget about Tom Brady for a second. If the Cowboys had better coaching last year, even with Dak Prescott, do they make the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, they do. And I, I think Jason Garrett is – I'm not going to totally bash him because there were some years where they still made the playoffs even with Jason Garrett. But there definitely are better coaches out there than Garrett. They got one now in Mike McCarthy. Honestly – I think Dak Prescott is asking for way too much money. And you know I like Prescott. You know I'm very high on him. You know I think they can win with him. But the problem is, though, when you're asking for $40 million and you're not the best quarterback in the league, there is a problem, in my opinion. You should be take. First of all, it's shocking that they even offered you the $30 million contract that you wanted and you turned that down. And it's kind of just a little – I understand it's get your money, but it's kind of a little bit selfish where you could have taken $30-something million dollars and let Amari Cooper get paid so you can keep your wide receiver around instead of taking a $4 million contract per year and watching Amari Cooper go elsewhere. I think for the Dallas Cowboys, I think it makes too much sense to try and cut ties with Dak, sign Brady, and then bring in Amari Cooper, and then what? Who's stopping the Dallas Cowboys at that point? Because that's a great freaking team. And honestly, it's the perfect division. The Giants, you know, they had their bright moments, and I think, you know, depending on how they draft, I mean, I can't say that with a straight face, but depending on how they draft will be very telling about how they'll be next year. But regardless of how they draft, regardless of the bright spots, the Giants aren't going to win next year. You and I both know that. The Washington Redskins are a mess. They might draft another quarterback and potentially pass on one of the best defensive studs ever in college history in Chase Young. Okay? So right there alone, we're down to a two-division race here. And it's similar to the NFC North, which is why I think the Bears actually make sense too, right? There's not a lot of competition right now. Uh, you know, the only team he has to worry about is the Eagles. And like you said, Carson Wentz isn't always healthy. But, you know, when the Eagles are healthy, they're a team to be reckoned with. But if I'm telling you, if you put Tom Brady on the Dallas Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott, with that O-line, if Jason Witten comes back, if they bring back Amari Cooper, you can't tell me, you can't tell me that the Eagles – even at full strength, even at full health, are better than that team. Oh, you can't. At the end of the day, it's uh, Brady's going to ultimately choose where he wants to go, and he may choose some like stranger teams like Indianapolis or Tampa Bay. But you know, if if New England's not going to offer him the pieces, he's leaving. 
Honestly, I don't even think he's going to choose a strange team. I don't think this is, I don't think this is a scenario where he's chasing the money or he's just chasing the paycheck so he can retire all cozy. I think he wants to win. I think, like you said, he wants to prove that he doesn't need Belichick. I think we can all agree that Belichick doesn't need him in some weird way, but I think he wants to prove that I don't need the Patriots system to help me out here, and I think he's going to go to a team that's going to give him the best chance to do that. Otherwise, I think you're wasting your time. I mean, what's the point of going to a team like Tampa Bay where, yeah, they have good offensive weapons, but are they really the best fit? There's no point of going to the L.A. Chargers, honestly. You know, there's no point of going to the Raiders. The Raiders just want to pay you because they need to make some noise when they move to Las Vegas. Um, you know, but other than that, it, to me, I don't think there's – I know there's a lot of fits out there for Brady, but honestly, I don't think there's that many fits for Brady. I think, like you said, the Bears are a good option if they move on from Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Brady's definitely an upgrade over him, even if it is for a couple of years. Uh, I think Dallas is also a number one priority for them. So it'll be very interesting to see where they go. Uh, before we wrap up the podcast here, Nick, a little bit more about the NFL quarterback situation. If you were a team and you need a quarterback, I don't want to put the draft just yet because we'll get to that when it gets closer to the draft. And we'll talk about Joe Burrow and Tua. You know, those guys are pretty much set in stone. They're probably going to the Bengals and the Dolphins, respectively. If you were a team, you need a quarterback, excluding Tom Brady. Who's next on your list to target? Next on my list to target, excluding Tom Brady. I assume I can't say Blake Bortles. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't get Tom Brady, you're just going to throw in the towel? Is that what you're saying? No. Um. So if I had to consider anybody, I really would be looking at uh, James Winston. And I know it sounds a bit crazy to bring up Winston on this because of how he is with just his turnovers alone, but I think there's a lot of potential there. Uh, I, I saw a lot of like you know great games by him last year, and the turnovers are just going to come. And I think he's got the confidence to even say, like, you know, if he cuts that down, you know, where would he be numbers-wise if he cuts down his turnovers? Phenomenal. At the end of the day, we're talking about him as a top 10 quarterback or top 5 quarterback, easily. Uh, so that's the way I think we should be looking at Jameis Winston. He had all the weapons last season. He posted up phenomenal numbers. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin put up incredible numbers as a wide receiver duel. But that doesn't – that shouldn't take away from Winston at the end of the day. He hasn't had a run game his entire career. I think that's something that hurts you. And I think if you have a little bit of a run, uh, run game, you know, put a little less pressure on Winston to having to just airball the ball at times and it results in a few extra pits. You know, it's funny that we're so much in sync here because I also I also think Jameis Winston is a great candidate. Um, I think Andy Dalton is a close second too, right? Because, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like Andy Dalton just had one bad year and everybody tossed him to the side. Same thing with Jameis Winston and, you know, Joe Burrow's the fancy new toy. And I understand that the Bengals have a new head coach, so it's probably better if you get somebody like Burrow in there to learn the offense. I understand all that. But Andy Dalton, to me, could probably still win some games, and I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Belichick scoops him up or something. But Jameis Winston is so interesting to me, right? Because, and this is going to sound weird, but I don't care if you throw that like a lot of interceptions, right? I think the problem with interceptions is, yes, they give a team a chance to score, right? And it puts extra pressure on your defense. I understand that interceptions are bad. But one of the biggest problems with Jameis Winston last year was the excess of pick sixes, right? So many of these interceptions that he was throwing were being taken back to the house. And 
granted, I mean, it could have just been they could have those could have been scoring plays regardless, even if they weren't pick sixes because let's say they, you know they turn it over on downs, all this other stuff. But to me, I think you know if half of those interceptions were not pick sixes, a lot of these outcomes to a lot of these games are a lot of different stories. Now all of a sudden. Maybe the Bucks are winning some of these games. Uh, and I think, you know, if he was having eye issues, I think that's also a big part of it, too. Maybe he gets a surgery and he's so much better now. But the Bucks seem to be totally focused on moving on from him that I think they're going to end up with Tom Brady. If they don't get Tom Brady, they're probably going to end up with Phillip Rivers because I just think Bruce Arians just doesn't want to deal with Jameis Winston anymore. So, and I don't know where Winston ends up. I feel like he might be one of those guys where, you know, he might have trouble finding a home. But I think the team that picks him up is going to be pleasantly surprised. Also, Nick, I, I'm mad at myself that I even forgot his name. Teddy Bridgewater. The guy went 5-0 and with the New Orleans Saints. I mean, he's pretty much been undefeated ever since he's been back from injuries as a spot starter. Give the guy a damn chance. I mean, I just feel like there's so many, uh, so many quarterbacks, not enough openings out there. That's a fair way to look at it, too. Right. So I don't know if you came prepared with your This Day in Sports History, did you? Uh, no, the, This Day in Sports History is everything gets shut down. The, <laughs> it's the, okay, because next is, year... This is the easiest one ever. T- today is This Day in Sports History, because we're going to remember this next year easily. We're going to be talking about this for many years in the future, and when... It comes in 10 years ago. It's going to be in, on ESPN, on Facebook, and Twitter, and on uh, Sports Center. It's going to be like 10 years ago, sports ceased to exist as of March 12th. And the it's NBA be... suspended itself as of March 11th, uh, late at night. That's what this day in sports history it is. We're not looking at anything prior to that. That's going to be one hell of a 30 for 30, I could say that. Uh, so before we wrap up again, dude and dunce of the week, as we usually do. Nick, is there a dude uh, that you've picked out for this week? There is. I am going to butcher this name. Oh, no. Here we go. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, but it's got to go to Boban Marjanovic. <laughs> All right. Let's see how bad that went. Um I don't yeah. even know how to pronounce that. I don't name. know just how to call, pronounce just it. Just call him Boban. The, the, I mean, why, the, like... the really, really, really big guy. <laughs> 31.17 rebounds and was easily outside of the entire part of the NBA suspending the season. What's going on with the Jazz? What's going on with the Pelicans game? Uh, he was the most exciting and best part of the night to watch him. Uh, late in that game, just constantly getting the rebounds, just constantly being a force on the boards, uh, storing in the paint, and just put up his career high as well. My dunce of the week is going to be everybody basically complaining that sports is disappearing. Uh, listen, I'm not a doctor, Nick. You're not a doctor. Nope. Most of these people complaining are not a doctor, okay? Uh, I think this is so much bigger this is a scenario where things are so much bigger than sports and to have so many people complaining that the media is overhyping this I think is just honestly silly Put, do me a favor for you people out there take off your tinfoil hat for a couple seconds the media is not always out to get you Okay, this is a virus that's really unpredictable. It's something that we don't have a lot of information on. And I think, yes, you should continue to inform yourself. And yes, the death rate is not that high. And yes, 
maybe only 0.2% of the people are actually passing away from this. But still, that's still people that are passing away from a virus that don't need to be passing away. If this, if shutting down sports for a little while helps decrease people getting sick, we should all be for it instead of bashing the idea. So my dunce is some of the athletes who have a problem with the shutting of down and a lot of the fans who would be the first ones to file a lawsuit if they caught the coronavirus, if they were to go to opening day of some sort. Just saying. And with that, we have final thoughts now. Nick, do you have any final thoughts on what has been a pretty crazy 48 hours for sports? Yeah, it's just going to be like, look, be smart. At the end of the day, be safe, be smart. Um, This isn't the only thing that's getting shut down. And and that's what's just going to happen. We sort of, I think Disney shut down for temporary till like, I think April. Uh, you said it, Broadway's down. Uh, you know, President Trump put a travel ban uh, with Europe in like 26 countries. Things are going to get a little bit, you know, tough. But we don't need 700 pounds of toilet paper. You don't, don't over worry at the end of the day. Just be smart, be safe. And usually things work itself out pretty well. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't say it better any better myself. Put back some rolls of toilet paper, you greedy people. You're not shit. You're not shitting yourselves eight, eight times a day. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed. I forgot if we're allowed to curse on the podcast or not. But either way, I mean, no one's going to censor it out, so it's all good. Um, yeah, I mean, just you know, stay safe out there. Make sure you take care of yourself. Uh, and honestly, just you know, use this time to kind of reflect and you know, make sure you check in on your family and make sure you're taking care of everybody that you can. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be an interesting couple of days. I'm, I'm interested to see how this works with no sports going on. Uh, I think one of the reasons why I love sports so much is I feel like there's always something going on, right? So it's going to be an interesting couple of days to see, you know, what us sports fans do in the world when there's no sports really on TV to watch besides some UFC fights that already said they're going to continue without people in the arena. So that's going to be interesting to watch on Saturday. Uh, but it'll also be interesting to see what people like us do, Nick. You know, our podcasts kind of revolve around sports. They revolve around the athletes. It revolves around the news. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of content we can kind of put together. And, of course, we, if we get any updates, we'll give our reactions to it. Um, but I can promise you we probably won't put together uh, a, a medical journal podcast anytime soon. We probably also won't sing on the podcast. So you can rule those things out. Uh, thankfully, we're, you know, we're saving your ears in the process. So that'll do it for us today. Once again, I am the Talking Beard, Jose Rivera. And I'm Nick Sarasso. And thank you so much for tuning in to Sarasso and a Beard podcast, episode number 56, on the SND Podcast channel. SND Podcast channel can be found on all social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, you can listen to all the great shows on the SND Podcast channel on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, SNDblog.com.